listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. So welcome to another episode of Woman of Strength and as I say at the beginning of every episode I've got yet another amazing woman of strength to interview and I'd really like to welcome Heather Hingenbos. Hing I'm going to get this to every, do you know what, nearly every, and I'm not going to press record again because this is what it's about, it's just about us being authentic, but it's <laughs> Heather Higginbotham, is that correct Heather or have I got it wrong? No, no you got it right. <laughs> cool, so I'm not doing well at this at all with introductions, but this is who we are and this is what we do, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Heather before we get into our conversation. Now, after realizing that a Lifetime Achievement Award and people-pleasing was not something to be proud of, Heather set out to learn how to be selfish without being selfish. <laughs> and in the process, she discovered that being real was not as scary as it seems. In fact, it was freaking awesome. And Heather now helps women gain their courage to rediscover and own their awesomeness and learn to unapologetically take care of themselves before everyone else. So I'd really like to welcome Heather and to say once again, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. And this is all about our journey around becoming a woman of strength. And so Heather, where did, where did your journey begin? Or where, where do you pinpoint that it began for you? I think really the turning point for me was when I started to realize that I was questioning whether or not I had a right to exist on the planet, which sounds really messed up. Um, but I, I grew up in a family that was you know, very loving and very supportive and always told me that I could do anything that I set my mind to. And I really believed that. And then I ended up getting in um, alcoholic and abusive relationships. And at one point I was like justifying, trying to um, question, question myself of like what it would take to actually be appreciated in the current relationship that I was in and realizing like how not okay that was and how I needed to do something different and make a change. But I had no idea how to get there because I had been in relationships for so long that had just been degrading my self-worth. Mm. Wow. And, and so what, what was it that, that made you say, hang on a minute, I've got to change this. I, I need to step out of this and step into something different. It's interesting because I, whenever you're in situations like this and you're not, um, it's, it's not you directly, like you see friends going through it and relationships mm. that aren't good for them and people aren't treating them well. It's so easy to say, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, seriously, this is not okay. Like you yeah. need to do something about it. But when, when it's you and you think that you, you know, I, I mean, I'm a smart girl and I, respect myself. And I always thought that I did, but every time something would happen, I would move that line. I would draw the line in the sand and then I would move it when it got crossed. And I'd be like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't really that bad. It could have been 
XYZ. And I would keep making excuses for it. And so really the turning point for me was when my daughter, who was about a year and a half old, um, you know, witnessed an, an event. And, and I was like, I cannot let her grow up thinking that this is an okay way to be treated. And so I was justifying to myself that it was okay for it to happen to me. But when it happened in front of my daughter and then to my daughter, I was like, I, I can't. And so it took that drastic of a wake up call to stop moving that line in the sand. Yeah. And, and it's what's really interesting, I think, about when we fall into abusive relationships. Like you said, when, when we see it from the outside and we're saying to someone else, why are you there? You know, why, why do you remain? How did you get into this relationship? It's easy. But when we're in it, because very similar to, to yourself, like I'm a registered social worker and I specialize in domestic violence and so that's been most of my career and yet I ended up in a violent marriage <laughs> and even though I knew all the signs and everything like that so I don't think it's necessarily got to do with anything about being smart or intelligent is it it's for me it was definitely I don't know what your story is but for me it was very much about unmet needs. I met this man at a time when I needed someone to be in my life and he was able to meet all of those needs and then um, it became something that was quite abusive. So when you met your husband or partner, was, it, was there anything going on in your life then that you can reflect back on and go, I, I can see how I got into that relationship? You know, I think a lot of it was... Um it's tricky because it's such a subtle change yeah. to get like you don't I mean it happens but usually <laughs> you know you get into a relationship with somebody and everything is blissful and fantastic and and you think you know life is awesome how did I ever live without this person and then just slowly it's like the frog in the boiling water analogy um, you put a frog in a pot of boiling water they're gonna jump out but you put them in a <laughs> pot of water and then you turn it on to boil they just get used to it over time and I think yeah. that's the challenge is it's such a um there's so much shame around domestic violence in our society that we don't ever want to admit that anything is wrong that anything's happening to us and so you know we put on the the brave face and pretend like everything is okay and think if we just love them harder or try something different or do better that it's gonna change and then yeah. and then everything is going to be the fairy tale that we thought we were getting into from the beginning and so I think for me a lot of it was um just that I growing up I really really felt the need to be accepted and um, other people's opinions were really impactful on me and so I got really good at uh, essentially like chameleoning into what other people liked and it was always in relationships. And so if I was dating somebody, I would, all, you know, be interested in everything that they were interested in. And it yeah. didn't bother me that I was compromising whatever my values were to the point where I didn't even know what my values were because I had been living somebody else's version of my life for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And so when did, when did you, um, cause in your bio, you know, you say very much about, giving up being a people pleaser so when did that change what happened there to to stop being the people pleaser and, and start pleasing yourself and being well selfless isn't it not selfish yeah yes yes and it's a fine distinction I like to 
I like to joke about it being selfish because in a way it is, but it's also the most loving thing I can ever do for myself and for other people in my life. Um, And so I think really the, the turning point for me was when I realized that I was not willing to raise my daughter in that kind of a situation. And then I started to really analyze where everything like that was coming up in my life and how I was compromising my values and not being true to myself and not standing up for what was important to me. And that's where that people pleasing came in is realizing that that's not how I want to live my life. And it's not a, um, I mean, it, it was successful in avoiding conflict, Yeah. Um, but contrary to my belief, conflict isn't necessarily a bad thing in all situations, but I was terrified of it. And so that was my survival mechanism of how to not ever be in those uncomfortable situations. And what I'm learning is that so much of growth and strength is willingly going into uncomfortable situations that you know are right for you and important when you're standing up for your values. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I've always believed that, um, you know, so many people do avoid conflict, but I say what's born out of conflict is, is strength and courage and growth. And without conflict, that doesn't happen, does it? Because we end up like you in that sort of being that people pleaser all the time. So... Absolutely. I mean, I would not have had any of the experience or learning that I have had the past nine years without having had that experience and that conflict in my life that I had to learn from. It was it was a life or death um, situation, and I wouldn't trade it for anything because it has turned me into the person that I am today and given me that self-worth and that confidence and that strength to be able to say these are my boundaries and this is what's not negotiable in my life and then base relationships around that yeah and that and i think that's so important it's for women to hear that is that it's really crucial that we do set our boundaries and that we're really clear about who we want to be or who we want to become and put those boundaries in place but we can still not necessarily people please, but we can still be that loving, caring woman um, underneath all of that. Because I think lots of women feel that when they put those boundaries in place and they step into the power of being themselves, that they have to lose that caring, loving aspect of themselves. And I say, well, actually, it becomes greater and deeper and, and more loving and more caring because the more we love who we are, the more love we're able to give out. And as much as that might sound cliche, it is actually the truth. It's certainly been my experience. Absolutely. I think that was one thing that I was, um, I don't know if misled is the right word, but that I didn't understand for the longest time is that I always felt like if I was really pushing for my own happiness, then it came at the sacrifice of somebody else's. Yeah. And that's so not true. Yeah. So I can, I can do what I need to do to be okay with myself and my life and have safe boundaries and pursue happiness and passion and purpose in my world. And that doesn't have to be anybody else sacrificing. Everybody gets to choose their own path and determine what that looks like for them. And so it took me a long time to, to realize that. And now knowing when I'm making decisions, I can say to my, I can honestly step back and say, does that, does that work for me at this point in my life? 
and then I don't have to feel guilty if, if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. And I think what, one of the things in terms of my learning and, and really standing into, well, really my power of being that strong woman was to use my experiences of my life to propel me forward. I used it as, as the fuel to be the woman that I wanted to be. And that meant that by doing that, I lost a lot of people along the way including you know family members and at the time that really hurt but now it doesn't because like you I see it's part of their journey it's part of where they're going with their life and and I don't view it as selfish anymore and so did you lose any friends family or anything when you made that decision to to step into who you are I did I actually I lost some very important people to me and it was incredibly painful yeah um, but also necessary for me to be able to take care of my needs and stand up for what is important to me in the way that I am willing to let myself be treated. Uh, and it was friendships, relationships across the board. You know, it wasn't limited to any one sector, but it was gaining that strength to be able to determine what kind of people I want to surround myself with. And I know a lot of people talk about, you know, your, your, I, I'm probably not going to quote it exactly right, but basically like you are the essence of the five people that you spend the most time with yeah. or yeah, something absolutely. like that. And, yeah. and realizing that I had some very negative people in my life and uh, that, that it was impacting how I was able to show up in my life and not in a good way. And yeah. so I am by nature like ridiculously optimistic and so it was really interesting for me to be like, wow, I, that's, that is uncharacteristically pessimistic, pessimistic of me to be feeling this way about this certain situation or these people or whatever. And just realizing like how I feel when I'm hanging around certain people and whether they're elevating me or bringing me down and then making hard choices about what I want to have in my life and who I want to surround myself with. Yeah, and I think it's, it's Stephen Covey, isn't it, who says about um, your circle of influence, so that you've got your circle of influence and your circle of concern, and it's the people in your circle of concern that you really don't want to be um, having around you because they are the negative people, the people that are always going to pull you down. So it's always about growing that circle of influence and that those, you know, five people around you. And, and it is so important um, to do that. So throughout your journey, and so this is, what did you say, about nine or ten years ago when you made that decision? What, what's, how, how has life changed for you since then? So it's, it's been quite a journey um, and very fun now to look back on it and, and be able to reflect on how different things are for me. So when, like I said, when I came out of that, um, relationship, I was at a point where I honestly was questioning my right to exist in the world because yeah. my self-esteem had been beaten down so far. And I, as a kid, I always loved doing poetry and art and anything creative. And I just essentially shut down all of that because of my fear of judgment from other people. And so I've been able to rediscover all of that. Um, I uh, recently completed an MBA program. And when I started it, they would do every, um, 
every month we would do a like an or a music and poetry night and i would go and i would sit in the back and i would think about even just like reading somebody else's poem and i like my heart would start beating and i'd be like oh my god i could never ever do that because i was just scared to death of putting yeah. myself out there and over the course of that two-year period I started art again. I started writing again. And by the end of it, I was actually selected to be the commencement speaker. And I did a spoken word poem for our graduation. And then I put on my bucket list, we made hypothetical bucket lists, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to do a TEDx talk. And I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, like that's ever going to happen. Because that's terrifying. Like, who wants to get up on stage and talk in front of all these people? And then I also, there's a women's comedy troupe in our community. And I said, I want to perform with them. And I haven't done anything on the stage since fifth grade. And it was the worst nightmare that I could ever think of. But for some reason, I wrote that down. And I've done a TEDx talk. I performed with broad comedy and now I'm their stage manager and I get a cameo every show. And it is my favorite week of the year of getting to spend time with these women doing creative political satire and, and feminist comedy. And it's amazing that if somebody would have told me three years ago that this would have been my life, I'd have been like, you're crazy. There is no (laughs) way that I would get up there and do that. And now it is absolutely what fuels me. And I can actually say when people ask me what I do, I say, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, I'm an artist. And none of that was my vernacular in my life because I wouldn't allow myself to put myself out there as too risky and too vulnerable. And now it's absolutely what brings light into my world. Yeah. Wow. And that that's amazing. And I think there is there's a lot of power in writing it down and putting it out there and saying to people this is what I'm going to do because again that can be a driver can't it to, to like right I'm going to do this I'm committed to it I've written it down I've put it mm-hmm. out in the universe and the universe will make it happen in the most epic ways yeah so yep. when I decided that I wanted to perform with Brad Comedy I, I wrote it down and then I uh supported their uh the main woman who does all of the writing for it, she was doing an Indiegogo campaign for the Scotland uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And so I supported her campaign and then I won a cameo. And so I was like, okay, universe, what are you trying to tell me? And so then not only did I win the cameo, she asked me to tell her a little bit about myself. And so I sent her a short bio and everything. And so then three weeks before the show, she sent me the script and said, all right, so we're going to do this, that, and then here's your part. And then you're going to get up and you're going to play guitar and sing the song. And I was like, I don't know how to play guitar. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say that. She's like, oh, uh, well, it's supposed to be bad. You can learn, right? You have three weeks. So not only did I have to perform, I had to sing and play guitar. And so the universe was like, you want this, really? Okay, yeah. we're going to make this happen. And yeah. we're going to do it the most uncomfortable way possible for you. Yeah. And it was one of the coolest experiences in my life. Oh, and I love it. I love it how the universe does that. It's like you put it out there, this is what I want to do, and then it goes, right, okay, and I'm going to give you all these obstacles. Well, they're not obstacles, but we're going to see if you view them as obstacles. And if you do, maybe you're not quite ready. And it's like, yeah. so you learned to play guitar. Wow. <laughs> amazing and so tell us about your TEDx talk what was your talk about so that was another really incredible experience Um, I am fascinated by uh, spoken word poetry 
And so I had just started getting into spoken word and I submitted a proposal to do a spoken word poem that I had written about being an environmental hypocrite because that's another part of my world is um, environmentalism and conservation. And so they contacted me back and said, we really want you to do this, uh, but we want you to do a custom poem for the event. And I said, great, that sounds awesome. So what, what they ended up having me do is I was the closing speaker and I had to take all of the other talks, all of the, I think there were 15 other talks, and I had to weave together all of the topics and themes into something coherent, and then also make it personal to myself, and which in itself was really fun, but all of the other presenters kept changing their talks, and so I'd have a really good line from one of their talks, and then they would change it, and I'd be like, oh, I really wanted that in the poem, now I have to rewrite it. <laughs> so I didn't actually even finish the poem until about a week ahead of time, um, but I had to weave together um, big data, dinosaurs, childhood sexual abuse, parenting, running out of water, just like all of these crazy <laughs> topics that had nothing to do with each other. And it was yeah. just amazing to be able to find those threads. Wow. Really fun. I'm going to have to go and Google that and find that talk. That sounds great. Please do. It's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And so what's, what's your next challenges that you're setting for yourself? So uh, I've actually ended up once I, um, so I've been going through this whole growth process. I kind of have like um, two alter egos uh, in my, I would say my day job or my professional career or whatever. I work in sustainability and so I really do a lot of work on climate change mitigation and um, education around how to implement sustainable operations into businesses and, and a lot of behavior change and engagement with people just in terms of what's happening globally and our own actions and choices as consumers. Um, but through this whole process of really rediscovering my voice and um, my self-confidence to own my truth and show up authentically in the world, I've started working with women uh, in a, in a coaching role uh, who are, who have been in similar situations, um, whether it's abusive relationships or somewhere where they have just gotten to the point where they, um, they don't feel they're worthy of even letting themselves go to a yoga class or yeah. get a massage or anything and much less really like, speaking their truth and owning their voice. And so trying to help women go through that process of regaining their self-confidence and their courage um, to really show up authentically and live their own life instead of living somebody else's version of it. Mm. That sounds amazing. And like I was saying to you off air, every woman that I've spoken to so far um, who've interviewed and we're all doing many, many different things. It's like I'm speaking to myself. Um, you know, when you're talking about that, the woman who doesn't feel worthy, who doesn't do yoga or have a massage, I ran a retreat um, for the same type of women a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, there was a lady, beautiful lady there, absolutely, yeah, just a beautiful soul. And in her late 50s, and she'd never been to yoga never had a massage, just had an experience that. And to watch someone like that just over four days just blossom and grow. And it's, 
it's amazing this work that we're doing because we're all connecting and we're, it's, I love the ripple effect of it all, isn't it? We're all doing our bit around the planet and um, in, in lots and lots of different ways and yet we're all connecting on so many different levels. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, and we can't do it by ourselves. I mean, uh, somehow no. we get that in our heads that yeah. we, have to, we have to go through it alone, but it's yeah. not. No, we don't. And once we shift out of that place, I think it's when we really do step into our power. Because my mission is for every person on this planet to feel enough. And I also say to everyone, I I can't do that on my own. You know, I can't do that. The only way I can do that is through connection and collaboration and and supporting other men and women who are on a purpose-driven journey too. And, And so together, that's how we can do this. And we'll do it, you know, one person at a time, but for every life that we touch that touches another one and another one and another one so you know I love that we're we're doing that together too so so if you had someone come to you you know a woman who's in a similar situation to what you were in um sort of 10 years ago what advice would you give them uh the very first thing I would say is stop listening to the voices in your head you are enough and you are amazing and I don't care what anybody else has told you to bring you down um, because it's destructively powerful to Mm -hmm. be able to really take what other people try to tell us about ourselves and start to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And what about if they say, because I know that sounds like it's, it's such common sense to do that, but on the other hand, it's really difficult to put that into action isn't it so if we if we say yeah well that's easy you know you can you can say to us not not to listen to that and to you know be ourselves and that we are enough but how do I get to believe that what would you say to to a woman who's saying that to you now how do I get to believe that I am enough because I really don't you know I can search everything in my mind and my heart and I still don't believe I'm enough Mm -hmm in terms of a step around that I mean the best I can do is share my experience in that it doesn't change overnight but in a weird way it changes overnight because I was taking these little tiny steps doing things and just like doing one thing differently whether it was allowing myself to get up and have tea in the morning or go to yoga or you know, whatever it was, um, but those incremental tiny, tiny steps that I wasn't noticing. So it's like the opposite of what I was talking about with getting into an abusive relationship. Is yeah. The same way of getting out of it is slowly, slowly, slowly you start to do things differently because the truth is if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. But if even one little tiny variable in there changes – everything changes. Mm. And so I remember I got to the end of my grad program when I got, was asked to be the graduation speaker. And I was like, wait, what? And I mean, it kind of like came out of nowhere. Um, And then as a joke, I submitted my uh, final paper. We had a class called leadership and and personal development. And that's where we did a lot of this, this deep 
soul work of like, where are you getting in your own way? And what are these stories you've been telling yourself for your entire life or whatever that are really dictating how you show up in the world? Mm -hmm. So as a joke, I turned in my final paper and it was just a picture of like a caterpillar going into a cocoon and coming out as a butterfly because that's what it felt like. Because yeah. all of a sudden, like I remember at one point I had... Um, I had spent so much of my life trying to shrink into the background and not call attention to myself. So I wore earth tone colors. I wore clothes that were too big for me. I didn't want anybody to look at me and think anything like any, anyone to judge me. And then I just remember so vividly out of the blue one day, I was like, holy cow, my favorite color is rainbow. <laughs> and now like I have color in my life on purpose. And, yeah. uh, you know, like just ways that I would never in a million years have thought that I would allow myself to show up in the world, like bright, colorful skirts and letting my kid dye her hair and, you know, all of this fun stuff that is really like, I don't care what people think of it because this is fun and this is yeah. me and being able to like own that personality and show up and be like, okay, this is, this is real. And but it was that incremental path when all of a sudden I was like, oh, cool. So it doesn't happen overnight, but it does. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. Yeah, definitely. That, that is how it happens. Did, were you able to reach out and, and talk to anyone or to let any close friends or family know what was going on or was, it, was that something that you chose not to do? Uh, I think at, at the beginning it was, there was so much shame around it again, like we talked about earlier, mm. just with the societal, um, expectations and the way that we deal with things like domestic violence of, you know, that only happens to uneducated people and blah, 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 blah. And it is <coughs> so, so much more common than we realize. And I, I don't even know statistics I don't think they even have accurate statistics of no. how often this happens that people don't talk about. And so I think that's my biggest mission is to try and help erase those stigmas of women feeling like there's no way out and they have no option but to suck it up and stay and nobody to talk to. Um, we have incredible resources in my community. We've got an amazing uh, women's shelter, and I've spent a ton of time in Al-Anon, which is the support group for family and friends of alcoholics, and that program literally saved my life. Um, and I think, you know, when I first started going, I was terrified, and I, you know, of course, thought everybody was going to judge me, but, um, but I was also just so disappointed in myself. Like, I couldn't believe that this happened to me, mm -hmm. and you know, so it was a lot of guilt and a lot of shame to myself, but a lot of shame of what is the rest of the world going to think? Because now I have this stigma hanging over me and more than anything, like nobody can get through this on their own. And there are incredible support, support um, groups, whether it's an organized um, entity organization like Al-Anon or domestic violence shelter, anything like that. Um, but even just that one simple act of telling another person, I think it was Brene Brown that said, you know, secrets only, only can, or shame only 
can survive in the dark if it's kept a secret. Yeah. And so yeah. once it comes out into the light, it diminishes its power over you. And yeah. by being able to share what's happening and ask for support and reach out, it instantly makes it um, less powerful over yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's a key message to women as well is, is to talk to someone, to let someone know. I certainly know when I, because like I said, I worked in the field of domestic violence and I remember when my ex-husband and I got beat up and I had to go to the police and do all of that and it was like, how do I walk into my workplace the next day? You know, I just felt so embarrassed and ashamed and, you know, I felt stupid and all the rest of it. And I walked in and I just told them what had happened and the support was amazing. And I, that was a turning point for me. It was very much, wow, this isn't as bad as I think it is. I'm not a bad person. And, you know, and, and the compassion and, and the support and empathy, yeah. So I, like you, I would advise any woman to just talk to someone that they trust. Just let someone know um, because you do, there's amazing support around you and you've done nothing wrong. You've absolutely yeah. done nothing wrong at all. It's because you're That's so loving another. and giving and caring that, you know, these men are attracted to you because that's what they need. And, um, yeah, so quite beautiful. I think that's another really important point is for a long time I felt like it was my fault. And yeah. realizing that there's nothing I could have done differently to make it no. go any differently. No, no. And it is, it's all in when we... When we see that life is a journey, it's just part of our journey, isn't it? It doesn't define us. It's just part of our journey. It's, I always call them learning points, you know, however traumatic they may be or however painful or hurtful they may be physically and emotionally, it's just another learning point, another place to grow from. And it doesn't always feel like that at the time. <laughs> well, it certainly doesn't feel like that at the time. But when you look back on it, you know, I feel quite blessed um, I'm grateful for some of the things that have happened in my life, but I didn't feel it right then. But, you know, like you, we wouldn't be the amazing woman we are today without those experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the greatest gifts I've gotten out of this whole experience is my, my threshold for um, dealing with unacceptable behavior is exponentially lower yeah and now i can a lot sooner say mm, that doesn't that doesn't feel comfortable for me i yeah. i think i need to say something about it rather than biting my tongue and just letting it slide i can actually stand up for myself with courage and confidence and knowing that i'm living in integrity with my values and how mm. I expect people to be treated and how I show up in the world and treat others. And I think that's incredible. One woman said to me once, it's like you're standing on the train tracks and the train is coming straight at you. And then you realize all of a sudden, Oh, I can step off the train tracks. Yeah. I don't have to stand here and get hit yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much power in that awareness. Yeah, and, and also we become great role models for our children and our grandchildren and for generations um, ahead of us. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing 
I, I just love being that, you know, that woman of woman of strength and stepping into the power of being me. And um, it's, yeah, I, I can't say any more than that, really. It's, that's what I love about being a woman um, because we can be vulnerable, but we can be strong too. And there's strength and vulnerability. And, and I, I love that. I wouldn't want to be a man. <laughs> I love being a woman. So if women wanted to make contact with you and connect with you, how could they do that? So the easiest way uh, would be either to, to find me on Facebook under Heather Higginbotham or on my website, which is just heatherhigginbotham.com. My last name is a mouthful, so um, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to include the spelling or whatnot. Yeah, or I can spell will. it, but yeah, okay. it, it'll be um, beneath the recording, so people will be able to, to connect with you. So, well, thank you so so much, Heather. It's been wonderful talking to you, and um, yeah, it, it just again, it just feels like <laughs> our stories are connected as well. So, thank you. So yes, much. thank you, and I am so grateful for this project that you're doing because women telling their stories and sharing with other women mm. is what is going to change the world. Absolutely. Spot on. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.